turn with me to John chapter 11, verse 17. John chapter 11, verse 17. God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and he told him, I want you to go and deliver my people Israel. And Moses said, Lord, who am I to do this? And and he had, he had no confidence, and, and God was talking to him about this, and he's saying, look, I've made your mouth, I've made your lips, I will speak through you. You trust me, you go do what I've called you to do. And Moses did, and, and he trusted God, and God made a difference through his life. I want you to know something, God can make a difference in your life and in mine as we trust him. And he can supply what we need to trust him in those times where we're struggling with our faith. And so um, we need faith in the Christian life. We need to have faith to enter the Christian life. Uh, Faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. But we need faith for every part of the Christian life. Because the Bible says, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. It says the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So this world's evil system that is opposed to the things of God is overcome as God's people trust him. Uh, Scripture says, take up the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Uh, The scripture also says that we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ by faith. And so every part of the Christian life, as far as living in victory, accomplishing what God has for you, uh, drawing near to God in relationship, all of it from head to toe is done by faith. And so Jesus, as he enters this situation with his friends, uh, and, and they're suffering over the death of Lazarus, and Mary and Martha are questioning why uh, Jesus hadn't come before and why the delay and, and they're confused and they're struggling and, and they, they just don't understand in the middle of their circumstance and Jesus comes to help Martha here in these few verses strengthen her faith for what is yet to come. I'm so glad that God doesn't just require us to have faith uh, but that he supplies the faith that we need. And so that's what Jesus is doing here with Martha. Um, I believe each one of us needs to trust Jesus and remember what he has done and who he is so that we can have the faith that we need to have. The title of my message is Strengthening Your Faith. Look at verse 17 with me. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha uh, to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. 
Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Strengthen your faith. How do you strengthen your faith? There's several things you need to remember. First of all, remember Jesus' prayers. Remember Jesus' prayers. Look at verse 22. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So Martha's saying, Lord, I know if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I know that. But even now, I'm not sure I understand it all, but even now, I know that if you ask God for something, God will give it. Now, I want you to, to know something. The Bible says that... Uh, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. In other words, he doesn't answer the prayer. Husbands, if we don't treat our wives the right way, the Bible says our prayers will be hindered. But um, Jesus never sinned one time. So Jesus had no hindrance. Jesus had nothing standing between him and the Father. When Jesus prayed, it was always in perfect harmony with the will of God. When Jesus prayed... Uh, he always had special audience in the presence of God because he's God the Son. So when Jesus prays, things happen. And Martha recognizes that. She said, Lord, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give to you. Isaiah 53 tells us that Jesus, the suffering servant, doesn't name him. It's predicting Jesus. But uh, it tells us that when Jesus came, that he would pray for the transgressors. I don't know if you've been struggling with a sin in your life, but can I tell you, encourage you here this morning that Jesus is praying for you. In your struggle with sin, in your struggle with that old nature, um, one day, praise God, when Jesus comes back, that old nature will be history. We'll have not have to deal with it anymore. But in the meantime, we've got an, if, you, if you believe in Christ, you have an old nature and a new nature. And those two natures battle against each other. Your new nature wants to please Christ. Your old nature wants to do sin. And, and so uh, we have to be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God live through us and ask Him to empower us and quicken us to live for Christ. Uh, but there is that struggle. And sometimes you and I will blow it because the Bible says... He who says he's without sin is a liar, and the truth is not in him. All of us have sinned. And so all of us, from time to time, will blow it. But when you do, remember Simon Peter. You remember what Jesus told to Simon Peter? He said, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. When you return, strengthen your brothers. So what is Jesus saying? Well, first of all, Jesus knew what his sin was. He knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to deny Jesus three times. He knew the complete and utter failure that would take place in Peter's life. But, but Jesus says, I know this is going to happen, and I know that the devil has a strategy to try to destroy you, but I want to tell you, I am praying for you, and because I am praying for you, God is going to come, and he's going to restore you where you are when you're broken. 
and then he's going to give you a ministry to help the rest of your brothers. Isn't that something? That's, that's God's grace. I want to tell you something. God specializes in using broken people. And he can use you. And if you are struggling, no. Be patient. God is praying for you. Jesus Christ is praying before the throne of the Father. Um, there used to be a song that uh, when I was growing up, I remember it went something like this. Someone is praying for you. Someone is praying for you. When you feel you're all alone and your heart would break in two, remember someone is praying for you. And that always kind of touched my heart. It was neat to think about maybe somebody else. But I always thought of it in terms of other people praying for you. I never really thought about it in terms of Jesus praying for you. But did you know that in Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus, our great high priest in heaven, ever lives to make intercession for us. Consistently before the throne of God, Jesus is praying for you and he's praying for me. I want to tell you, if God's for you, who can be against you? Amen? So, when you are struggling in your faith, when you've blown it, when you've failed, remember, it's not over. Peter, Satan's desire to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Remember Jesus' prayers. Do not give up. Continue to trust God. Bring your sin to God. Confess it. Ask God to give you a repentant heart. David prayed, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And God delights to answer that prayer. So when you're struggling in your faith, remember Jesus' prayers. That will encourage you. Secondly, remember Jesus' promises. Remember Jesus' promises. Martha says, yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Here's Jesus' response. Your brother will rise again. A promise that Jesus is giving her. Now, she has to clarify that. She says, well, yeah, yeah, I know. You know, kind of like, duh. You know, uh, yeah, I know he's going to rise in the resurrection. Jesus said, no, you, you misunderstand. I am the resurrection and the life. You don't have to wait to the future. You've got the one who is the resurrection standing right here with you. Your brother will rise again. And guess what? Shortly after, her brother rose again in answer to Jesus' promise. I want to tell you something. Jesus always keeps his promises. If you want to strengthen your faith, Meditate on the promises of God. Think about those promises of God. Uh, the psalmist in Psalm chapter 1 says, uh, the man of, of God that delights in his word meditates on it day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. You see, it's... it's as you meditate on the word of God, as you fill your heart and your mind with the promises of God, God strengthens your faith and lifts you up. There are promises found in his word, and sometimes I think there are assurances given by God's spirit. You can also rest in the assurances that the Holy Spirit gives you in your heart. 
But you need to stand on those promises that God has given you and direct your mind to those things. Your brother will rise again. Now, what are some promises that God has made to us? One is, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a great promise. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, he died for your sin, he rose again, and he has given you a promise that because of what he did at the cross and satisfying the justice of God and taking the wrath of God in your place and living the righteous life that you yourself could not live before God, Jesus will save you based on his promise if you confess him as your Lord and believe in your heart that he's raised from the dead. Promise of God. Here's another promise that God's given us. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Great promise. The Bible tells us that at a day that we're not aware of, God's going to give a command. He's going to say, son, go get your bride. Jesus is going to come back to get the church. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is a promise that will lift you up. Meditate on that promise. Here's another one. I will never leave you or forsake you. You're going through some difficulties, struggling in your faith. Listen, I want you to know something. God doesn't. Uh, look down at you and berate you. There's people that will do that, but God won't do that. God loves you. And if you're his child, he, he delights to come to you at your point of need. Uh, Jesus said, I am with you, so therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Listen, I, I can have faith as a pastor. I can have faith as a witness as I go out in the community. Why? Because Jesus has said, I'll never leave you. All authority is mine. You go and I go with you. It's a promise of God. Meditate on it. That's why I can plant a seed and somebody may not respond to me in the way that I would like, but I can know that there's power in the word of God. And God can take that seed that's planted and it may bring fruit 20 years from now but God is involved in the work. Remember Jesus' promises. I, we could spend a whole message going over the promises of God. But um, it, when you are struggling in your faith, remember his promises. Go back to those. Somebody said, we don't live on feelings. We live on promises. Some morning you may get up, you may not feel like a Christian. Well, that makes no difference whatsoever. Somebody said feeling is, is if you've got a train, feeling is the optional caboose. Uh, you can do the train without it. It may be there, may not be there. That's okay. We're not saved by feeling. We're saved by faith in God's promise. God said it. And when I respond to him in, in faith, God has given me a promise that is bedrock sure. So, Stand on those promises. Meditate on those promises. They'll lift up your faith and strengthen you in your faith. So uh, how do you strengthen your faith? First of all, remember Jesus' prayers, Jesus' promises, and thirdly, Jesus' power. Verses 24 through 26, Martha asks the question, well, I know he's going to rise at the last day. Jesus says in verse 25, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He says, Martha, you're looking for a time. I'm telling you, you need to be looking for a person. <laughs> In other words, Jesus says, I'm not limited by the schedule. I am the resurrection. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see, if somebody just came up to you and said this on the street, you might have good reason to doubt that they were telling you the truth. But Jesus went and did it. (laughs) You know, in Matthew, we, we actually talked about this last Sunday night. When Jesus died on the cross, Matthew, in his gospel, records this this detail that none of the other gospels record. When Jesus died on the cross, at that moment, the tombs were open of many righteous people around Jerusalem, and people were raised from the dead. I don't know what they did in those three days, but the Bible says after Jesus arose, they went into Jerusalem and began to speak in the city. Why? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And Here's Jesus dying on the cross, and the tombs are being opened. That's the power of our great Savior. There's no power like his power. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, we talked about the promise of Jesus' future resurrection, but Jesus was telling Martha, Martha, you need to understand, it's not just about the future. It's also about the present because you have a relationship with me. And when you come to me with your your problem and your difficulty and your struggle, you need to understand who I am and the power that I have. There's nothing that you can bring to me that I can't handle. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. If Jesus tarries one day, This body of mine will fail and will die. And I'll be buried six feet under. Uh, My spirit will immediately be with Christ. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But then Jesus is going to come and raise me up and give me a resurrection body. That will be able to stand in the presence of God. Um. But Jesus says something else. He says, he who lives and believes in me will never die. What's he talking about there? He's saying there's two kinds of life. There's physical life. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. The physical body, the bodily resurrection that is promised. But then there's also spiritual life. John 17, 3 says this. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life begins at the moment a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, surrenders their heart, and it lasts forever. Eternal is just that. It's eternal. It lasts forever. It's not eternal. It's not life till you mess up, life till you blow it, life till you trip up, life till the devil comes after you. No, it's eternal life he who lives and believes in me will never die not ever it's forever when you trust Christ the Bible calls it being born again 
in John 3. He changes you and, and brings you to life spiritually so that you can have a relationship with God and that relationship cannot ever be broken. It is held up by the power of Jesus' perfect life and his perfect sacrifice. It is assured by the power of our Savior. Jesus, the Bible says, is the author and finisher of our faith. Philip mentioned this morning, we were praying together, we have been saved, we are being saved, we will be saved. Jesus is in every part of that. If you're a child of God today, it's because God loved you enough to draw you to himself with, your Holy, with his Holy Spirit and to extend his grace to you and give you the ability to genuinely surrender to him and trust him for salvation. But his sustaining power doesn't stop there. His, his power continues on, uh, and, and, and it sustains you throughout life, the author and finisher of our faith. I want to tell you something. Jesus' power helped bring me to faith. Jesus' power sustains me in my faith, and one day Jesus' power is going to carry me home. I began to, to think about what it means, Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. I want you to know something, that anything good in your life or mine, spiritually speaking, comes because of Jesus. He is the life. He is the resurrection. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. Jesus brought me to life. I can't take credit for that. It's an act of God's grace. It wasn't good things that I have done. Not of works that we have done, Titus 3.5 says. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So, everything good in my life comes because of, through him... So, so that ought to give some humility to my life. But also, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that means that everything involved in my Christian life, no matter what it is, comes through him. So the answer to my struggles is to, is to draw near to him. It's to let him live through my life. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, and you will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and life. You need to come to me. See, Jesus was looking. He wasn't just trying to get Martha to trust him for Lazarus. Jesus had a bigger plan than that. He's trying to get Martha to see that in her confusion, in her struggle, even at, at a graveside, she could come to Jesus Christ. And no matter what she was facing, there would be nothing that he could not help her through. There'd be nothing that he could not empower her to do. And, and as he raised Lazarus from the dead, he wanted Martha never to get, forget those words, I and the resurrection and the life. There have been times I've felt dead emotionally at the end of myself. There have been times I've felt bankrupt spiritually. There have been times I've been weak physically. But can I tell you, there's nothing that I could ever face that Jesus, the resurrection and the life, can't renew and restore. 
Mary Magdalene had seven demons. I've been mentioning her a lot lately. Y'all probably tired of hearing about her. But for some reason, I've just had her on my heart. And just the, what Jesus did, it was just so amazing. She was in bondage. She was inhabited by seven demons. Talk about hopeless. But then she met Jesus. And everything changed. I want to tell you something. There is nothing that Jesus can't rescue you from. There's nothing that he can't carry you through. He's the resurrection and the life. There have been times where I've struggled in ministry. I, more than once, I've told God, Lord, I'm at the end of myself. I can't do this. Can I tell you, God is able to lift you up and restore you. I love what he says. He gives beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Um, the scripture says he will redeem the years the locusts have eaten. I want to tell you something. Some of you have, have, have experienced some things in your past that are just horrific. And I, you know, it may be that you and God know about it. But I can tell you something. Jesus can redeem every bit of it. He can lift you up out of every bit of it. He is the resurrection and the life. There's nothing and no one that Jesus can't handle. So remember his power. In the middle of your struggle, Jesus is able. Put your trust in him. Strengthen your faith. How do you do it? Remember Jesus' prayers, his promises, his power, and finally, Jesus' person. Jesus' person. Look at verse 27. He asked Martha, do you believe this? And by the way, this is really remarkable, what Martha is saying. She seems to be trusting Jesus for more than the disciples were at this point. Really remarkable. Listen to what she says. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. That's a loaded statement. Martha is saying some things about Jesus' person. First of all, I believe you're the Messiah or the Christ. Both words mean anointed one. Looks back to Isaiah chapter 11, where it talks about the spirit of wisdom and of counsel and understanding uh, will be upon this Messiah that comes. And Martha says, Jesus, I believe that's you. I believe you are the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the leader that God promised us in the Old Testament. You are the one who's come to restore things. Jesus came in his first coming to restore hearts. He'll come in his second coming to restore everything. <laughs> I believe you're the Messiah. So what does that mean? That means that Jesus, as the Messiah, as the anointed one, is able to handle whatever we bring to him. He has all wisdom. He is a perfect counselor. He is a perfect leader. Matter of fact, things will be so greatly restored, Isaiah 11 tells us that the lion will lay down with the lamb. That's some pretty major restoration. Some of you might think, boy, you don't know my situation. God could never restore it. It's too far gone. It's hopeless. It's helpless. There's no hope. I can tell you Jesus can restore your situation. He's the Messiah. And then she says, you're the son of God. Jesus is the son like no other son. 
uh, in the Psalms, God tells, uh, tells Jesus, he says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Jesus is the divine son of God. After Jesus died, he arose from the dead and he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he sits at the Father's right hand. And he sent the Holy Spirit to minister to us and through us. Uh, but the scripture says while he's seated at the right hand, God is preparing his enemies to be a footstool for his feet. And one day Jesus is going to come back on the clouds of glory. And he's going to win the battle at Armageddon. And every knee will bow to him and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. He is the divine son of God. There's no knee that won't bow. From the farthest reaches of heaven to the deepest recesses of hell, every knee will bow to Jesus. That's who he is. And he's, he's the one who was to come into the world. Can I tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Remember the person of Jesus. It'll strengthen your faith. I want to tell you something. There is nothing that you can face that Jesus can't handle. There's nothing you can face. Sometimes he delivers us from circumstances. Sometimes he delivers us through circumstances. But Jesus is able in our circumstances. And this little conversation that Jesus has with Martha before he goes to the tomb is meant to plant the seeds of faith in her life to bear fruit for the rest of her life. I want to tell you something. Let these seeds be planted in your heart today. Let them bear fruit in your life. And strengthen your faith to know that with God, all things are possible. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for our great Savior, who is able to save the worst sinner. Who is able to raise the dead. Who is able to deliver us spiritually, emotionally, physically. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that you didn't just send anybody. You sent your son to pay the price. And because he's paid it, Lord, we can be forgiven, given eternal life. We can be sustained in the middle of trial. We can be empowered for service like Moses was. Lord, I, I thank you that Jesus is completely sufficient. He is the great I am. And so, Lord, we, we, we worship him, but Lord, we also ask you that you help us.